0: On today's show, Victor Wembanyama sets a new career high with 38 points to lead the Spurs to a win over Kevin Durant, Devin Booker, and the Suns. Are the Spurs already playoff contenders? Plus, do the Raptors have to lead all the way in to the Scotty Barnes era? And which teams are in the most trouble two weeks into the season? All of that and much more on today's Locked On NBA. You are Locked On NBA, your daily NBA podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On NBA. Wes Goldberg here with Adam Matez. However you might be tuning in, YouTube, Odyssey, or your favorite podcast app. Thanks so much for making Locked On NBA your first listen every day. We're here following some Thursday night basketball. We'll talk about the Sixers win over the Raptors in a minute. Plus, which teams two weeks into the season are in the most trouble. But let's start with Victor Weminyama, who set a new career high with 38 points in San Antonio's win over the Suns. Kevin Durant had 28. Devin Booker in his first game back since the season opener had 31. The Spurs actually led in this one by as many as 27 points until the Suns came back and tied it late in the fourth quarter. But then they rode Wemby in the end, and they got the win. Adam, let's jump right in. What's your biggest takeaway from the Spurs' win
1: over the Suns? (laughs) The literal biggest takeaway. (laughs) Wemby Nyama has arrived. I mean, this is a guy that has been up and down, you know, through his, what is it, five games now that the Suns and Spurs have played? Um, there's been good moments. There's been bad tonight. All good. This guy looked incredible in the clutch. This was by far the most impressed I've been with when this, this year. And while he was good throughout the game, I mean, you just put out the stat line. I mean, 38 points on 15 of 26 shooting. That is insanely efficient, but it was the clutch threes that he hit down the stretch that were unbelievable i thought the first one he hit which here where he gives a little jab step to the right steps to the left and takes an off the dribble three-pointer was an insane choice for a rookie especially (laughs) when that's seven foot four but it was nails it was smooth and then before i could even get a tweet out about how impressed i was by that three he has another three to push the lead up to eight. I believe he pushed it to eight with that shot maybe it was ten Unbelievable sequence from him in the clutch to cap off his best game.
0: So many shots look like bad shots, but they're not because he's seven foot four. There was uh, one in the first <laughs> half where he just like baseline 17 footer Eric Gordon right in his face, but not really because Eric Gordon was more at like his hip, but he was like right in like if you looked right. at if you looked at some of these shots on the tracking thing on NBA stats where it's like closest defender, it would be like closest defender to women when he took the shot one inch away. But it wouldn't matter because he's four feet taller than everybody else. And he could just shoot over everybody. Um, to me, I, I, in, in that fourth quarter, I'm with you. Just the clutch stuff from him was so impressive. With six minutes left in the game, the Spurs uh, are leading. Again, they led, led by as many as 28. It was down to five, 111-106, with six minutes left in the game. At that point, it was a little bit of a weird game, again, because the Spurs gave up that big lead but also because every time Wemby was basically off the court, the Spurs didn't play that well. And then when he was on the court, he did play well. Um, Devin Vassell, who had a really nice game, had to leave in the third quarter, didn't come back. Kevin Durant and Devin Booker, this was their first game together since the season opener. And their line, their their time was basically staggered for most of the game. Um, until they were both in at the end. So it was just sort of like a weird game in that way. But with six minutes left, all three of those guys were on the court, Wemby, KD, and Booker. And I was like, oh, boy, here we go. Like, now let's yeah. like let's see the show. Um, and what ended up happening was Wemby scored 10 of 12 straight Spurs points. There was a Zach Collins two-pointer in the middle of that. Uh, and the Spurs went from up five and nursing that lead to up 12 with a minute and a half to go, putting that game away. And to me, the thing that they were able to do – We knew about, like, the step-back three-pointers and the blocks and all these things that Wemby did. But using him to just be a closer, right? You give him the ball anywhere in the paint, and he's going to get fouled. Kevin Durant freaking out and fouling him because they didn't want him to get anywhere near the rim. That is such a weapon and something I don't know that we necessarily saw coming in this way,
1: but we saw it tonight. We did see it tonight, man. This was um, all around just an incredible, incredible performance. And by the way, I don't want to make it sound like it's just him. You know, there's, uh, there were other contributors. I I really like, I mean, Zach Collins, I thought, had a great night tonight. 19 points, 8 rebounds, 4 assists. He battled 7 of 10 shooting. I think that there was a lot of people, I think, that kind of snickered at him getting the deal that he got and, and the Spurs bringing him back. But you got to think about the circumstance here. This is a rebuilding team. This is a team that has a long-term dynastic vision with this, this guy that they have in Wimbanyama. And you want guys that are going to sort of understand that this is a process and why you're out there. Zach Collins, to me tonight, did the things that they needed him to do, and he did them at a high level Um, and stayed within his legs to play as many minutes as he did. 35 tonight, go seven of 10 from the field. Like these wins, back to back wins against the Suns in Phoenix, um, these are things that you build off of when you're a young team. You need moments like this to give you, to propel you throughout the season, not necessarily for wins. But just for motivation, for hey, this is a process and you feel good about the process. So mm-hmm. for me, just an incredible thing. And, and Wim Benyama is obviously the first, second, and third story, but Devin Facel tonight, 17 points. Um, you get 13 off the bench from Chetty Osmond. Trey Jones gets a double-double tonight with six points. I thought five Chad rebounds, by the way.
0: Sohan, Sohan, nine assists as the starting point guard. I thought he was awesome. Yeah.
1: Yeah, for sure. He had he had some rough moments. I thought down the stretch. I thought Sohan might might lose the game for them. Actually, down the stretch <laughs> with some of his his stuff. But but again, this just this is back to back wins at Phoenix. Uh, that that's big time for your first five games of the season with this rebuilding era. San Antonio's
0: three and two, and I'm I, I like their team like you. I, I I think there's a lot of good players here. Um, Keldon Johnson, Devin Vassell, like they could put up 20 plus on any given night. The Zach Collins thing has been good for them. I think the way that Greg Popovich is coaching this team is like a real, he's not babysitting this group, right? He's coaching them up. Uh, you know, he's getting all PO during timeouts and stuff. It's like this stuff that you really want to see.
1: And let him play like, through the collapse, by the way. Like there was a right? lot of moments in the collapse where it's like, you know what? Let him play, let him see how it was. And it, it a great growth for them,
0: but they're three and two. You know, yeah. and I know it's, it's also only five games in the season for them. Sure. But is this a team that maybe we didn't consider enough as maybe a possible playing team in the Western Conference? I know it's really loaded, but, you know, like we just talked about, we like their team. And Victor Webinyama looks like that dude right now.
1: I think it's just so too, way too early to to even kind of put your mind there, to be honest with you. Um, if you take Webinyama off this team, I don't think we're having this conversation at all. So really, we're talking about how much of an impact. I mean, look, he had 38 points tonight. If he's going to average, if he's going to have 38 points, you know, once every five games this year, if he's going to have a 38 point outburst, then yes, they're going to make the playoffs. But you know, it's a long season. Just the, there, there's so many different like checkpoints along the way before you get there that I, I I almost don't even want to put my mind there. Where I do want to put my mind though is on. Oh, go ahead. No, the one thing I'll say about them is uh, they
0: do have something that they do at an elite level, and that's just be really big, and that's partly Victor webin But like you mentioned, too, like Zach Collins was a real instrument of of force for yeah. them for, for two games now, where Phoenix is a small team, and they were able to counter that with Zach Collins being a physical presence in the paint. Um, they've got a bunch of long guys. Like All their guys are really long. I mean, Sohan at point guard is yeah. not really a point guard body. Like, this is a big team, and I think that there's there's certain mismatches and ways that they can kind of build wins with that, but go ahead.
1: Um, well, I think equally as interesting, I mean, look, San Antonio right now is, is, is novelty. We're, you know, we're excited about them. The Phoenix Suns have championship aspirations, and yes, they have not been healthy yet this year, although they get Devin Booker tonight uh, back tonight. He had a near triple-double, 31 points, 9 rebounds, 13 assists. But and it's too early to make any big proclamations. They haven't been healthy but I'm worried about their lack of point guard play. They have some ball handlers, but I don't think they have point guards. And this is two games in a row where they've looked very clunky against... Um, <laughs> they've looked clunky in moments when they shouldn't have looked clunky. And so I'm looking at them going, this was, as much as we're impressed with the Spurs, I'm very unimpressed with the Phoenix Suns. They cut back into the lead tonight in part because of Keita Bates, Diop, and, and Eubanks. Right. Like, I drew Eubanks, like... I, I just, if it weren't for that, they might've lost this game by 15 points, 15, 20 points anyway.
0: I think I've seen every Phoenix game so far this year and I am so confused by them. And a big part of it is that they haven't had Bradley Beal at all. So it's hard to make out what it is that they're going to be in Devin Booker. This is only his second game of the night. And it's just been a lot asked of Kevin Durant. And he's looked pretty good uh, by Kevin Durant standards. But like, there's role players that sometimes I'm like, wow, I really like this guy. And then other times I'm like, this guy's not very good. Why is he even on the court? Um, yeah. Just gonna bring him up. Josh Okogi. Sometimes I'm like, is he an all-star? And then sometimes it's like, why, why are you in the NBA? Like tonight was one of those why are you in the NBA nights? Passing up wide open threes and just not really making much of an impact. He had two field goal attempts in the game in 12 minutes. He missed both of those shots. Uh there's nights where there's like not even nights, man. Like there's like five-minute stretches where Nurkic looks awesome, and then five minute stretches where he looks unplayable. Uh, you could say the same thing for everybody on this roster, really. Grayson Allen has his moments. Utah Watanabe has his moments, but like, I'm I'm so confused by this team. Sometimes I'm like, wow, this whole like sort of um, bargain bin depth approach in in the in the offseason really worked. And sometimes I'm like, did they get anybody? And I, I just really can't figure them out. And I don't think I'm gonna figure
1: them out until they're healthy. And well, another guy that fits the bill tonight, Watanabe, 26 minutes, three points. Mm. For a guy that they're counting on to be like a role-playing shooter scorer, you know, to do these things, to get oh, three points in 26 minutes is, whew, that's rough. Not great. Um, okay, and by uh, the way, zero from Kogi. So Kogi and Nate Watanabe combined for three points, and they're 38 minutes on the court tonight.
0: Whew. Right, and especially when you don't have one of your big three, Beal, you need these guys to yeah. step up. But even when you have your your big three available, like the whole point is, okay, these guys are going to be wide open. Make the, These are going to be the easiest make shots I've down. ever had. you got to make them. Uh, coming up, the Sixers handled the Raptors, and I've got questions about what the Raptors are even doing here. It's coming up next here on Locked On NBA. Today's episode of Locked On NBA is brought to you by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. All you have to do is pick two to six players, and if they're going to score more or less than their prize picks projection, you can win up to 25 times on any entry. No competing against other people, it's just you versus the projections available. With the basketball season here, you can now pick combo projections across football and basketball from the Specials League, a league created specifically for combo projections that includes two or more players from different sports or leagues. For example, LeBron James plus Travis Kelsey at 10.5 combo of three-pointers made and receptions. That seems like a winning bet to me. Uh, Let's look at what we got for Friday night's play-in tournament. I like Jalen Brunson more than 23 and a half points against the Bucks on Friday night. The Bucs, if you haven't seen them, can't stop anybody in the backcourt. I like Jalen Brunson getting more than 23 and a half. Bam Adebayo, I like him more than 19 and a half points against the Wizards. And I like Brooke Lopez. We're going all mores today, Adam. All positives. <laughs> Brooke Lopez more than 1.5 blocks versus the Knicks. The Knicks are like top five in the league in getting their shots blocked this year. Brook Lopez is good at doing that. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's that easy. Quick withdrawals, easy gameplay, and an enormous. Selection of players and stat types are what makes Prize Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. For those moments while you're waiting for the game to start, open up the app, check out the options, make your picks, and put your skills to the test and enjoy the game with a bit more spice. Prize Picks offers weekly promotions that can lead to big payouts like Taco Tuesday. Each Tuesday, Prize Picks discounts select player projections up to 25% to provide even more value. Prize Picks now offers Apple Pay for quick and easy deposits into your account this football season. With PrizePix reboot policy, your entries stay in play even if one of your players gets injured. So, PrizePix is the only DFS sports platform with injury insurance. So, go to prizepix.com slash NBA. Use the code NBA for a first deposit match up to $100. That's prizepix.com slash NBA. The code NBA for a first deposit match up to $100. PrizePix, daily fantasy made easy. Thanks for making Locked On NBA your first listen every day. Let's move on to the earlier game. The Sixers beat the Raptors one fourteen to ninety nine. Joel Embiid had twenty eight points, thirteen rebounds, and seven assists. Twenty three points each for Tobias Harris and Kelly Oubre Jr. Scotty Barnes had twenty four eight and eight for the Raptors, but not much help. Sixers are three and one. The Raptors fall to two and four. The game itself was fine. All right, Joel Embiid had you know another good Joel Embiid game. He's getting yeah. you know the Tobias Harris contract year contributions. He's been really good to start the year. So is Kelly Oubre. Terry Maxi has a home home game. Um, I'm more interested here in the the bigger picture when we're talking about this game. And I we've we've spent especially on this channel so much time talking about James Harden and the Sixers and all this stuff all week long. I want to go to the other side of this, Adam. Let's talk about the Toronto Raptors. I've watched a few Toronto Raptors games this year. Okay. Scotty Barnes has taken a leap. He looks really good. He's average, he's scoring 20 plus points a game pretty much every night now. Uh he's loading up the box score and the Raptors with this new coach and this new thing that they're doing, no Fred Van Vliet, they're fully just putting the ball in Scotty's hands and saying, "It's your team now. Go just go do stuff." Um and what I found interesting about this is now that past uh, it, it kind of infringes in Pascal Siakam's space a little bit. And you look at what Siakam is doing. The stats just aren't popping off like they used to. I mean, this guy is all NBA type of numbers the last couple of years. And tonight, I mean, for example, 10 points on 5 of 11 shooting, three rebounds, six assists, like nothing really interesting in 33 minutes. And it's a lot of that kind of stuff this year. And yeah. I looked at his usage rate and it's the lowest it was basically since he became this kind of player. And I just wonder if there's any room for him now in Toronto, if it's going to be Scotty Barnes's team. And I wonder, okay, you're the Raptors you're two and four. Now, do you need to start considering making some changes and, and building around Scotty in a way that actually helps your team win games?
1: How much of this is coming into the season? You kind of thought those things. A lot of this stuff. I mean, you look yeah. at
0: where Scotty and, 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 uh, uh Pascal want to be. It's a lot of the same spots.
1: and, and, The other, I mean, there's other players here too, even Gary Trent Jr., you know, off to a little bit of a slow start so far. He's under 10 points per game um, down about cutting his numbers in about half from last year. Mm -hmm. So I think that this was coming into a year. The reason I say that is because I almost feel like for me personally, I'm bringing the bias into the season of, you know, I didn't understand what they were doing to begin with running it back with this crew. New coach, of course, but running it back there, you kind of expected some some more moves from them in the off season. when they didn't do that. Now you come in and go, okay, well, will things be different in a positive way? And what you're saying is you're seeing Scotty Barnes make this leap. And now this, the numbers draw this out, by the way, that he is making mm-hmm. a little bit. It's five games, but it looks like he's making a little bit of a step up, but it's coming at the ex- expense of these other guys. So for me, I see it. Um, it is early, but I do wonder just how much of this is the baggage of me. They're meeting my expectations in that yeah. way.
0: No, that's that's definitely fair. And and I wonder if just not kind of going that full rebuild in the offseason was almost insurance in case Scotty Barnes didn't make that leap. Because it was sort of an up and down second year for him. This is his third year now. So it's like, okay, we still have Siakam's our best player. I don't think that there's any doubt about that, but he's not the future there in Toronto either. And so it's kind of this weird juxtaposition of what do we really do with this guy? It's not really fair. And he's in a contract years. Like Pascal Siakam was gonna be a free agent after this year. So it feels like this is – I'm not saying you have to trade him now, but if this is going to be really it for Scottie Barnes, I think this is going to be interesting, uh, an interesting situation to monitor closer to the, the trade deadline in February because it just uh, – how many guys can they just let walk away for nothing? The Fred Van Vliet and all these guys, they just they just let them become free agents and walk away. It feels like they really have to make something uh, – a deal with Siakam because if you're building around Barnes, you need assets. You need players to build around them. You can't just let these guys walk away for nothing. Yeah. Um,
1: I think it'll probably come. By the way, one interesting thing that it I feel like this year, every year the NBA does this a little bit more where they play teams play each other in short order. And these teams just played each other. So, you know, to get a second one in, we saw this with Knicks Cavs the other day. We saw this with Sun Spurs. It is a little bit of a weird scheduling anomaly with the NBA this year that they seem to be stacking these games in a row together. I don't, I don't, I don't know what to make of that.
0: It's like these super like tight baseball series. We already had the baseball series before and now they're right. on like back to backs all the time. It's it's weird. Um, They've got it's six almost games like the doubleheaders. Yeah.
1: Six games under their belt and two of them are against each other. This is it's just, it's just it's a, that's strange.
0: It is a little strange. Um let's talk Orlando Utah. I know you had some notes on this one. It was a really fun game there at the end. Palabankaro kind of sealing it for them, but the Jazz oh, man. uh Larry Marketing, back to back threes at the end to tie the game. It was just a crazy mm. ending there. What are your what are your takeaways from that one?
1: Well, first of all, I love the Orlando Magic. I told you yes. um, two weeks ago, number one league pass team hasn't quite lived up to that billing, by the way, just quite yet. They've started. They had a schedule anomaly where they have five games, four of those on the road. They had a home open. They had a the first game at home, and then they've been on the road for four games in a row here. So I I kind of think I know how hard it is to start the season with a road trip. So I'm going to cut them a little bit of slack. They did not down the stretch of this game. They had full command of this game. And down the stretch, it was one mistake after the other for them. They escaped narrowly because they – how often do you see a team blow a seven-point lead under two minutes and it not bite them? If you blow a lead to go up seven to down one, you're almost cooked every time. But Paolo Bancaro made a phenomenal play down the stretch, a very strong drive, got to the basket, uh, and finished it. And I was impressed by that because he was part of, in my opinion, what contributed to the collapse. Um, but I was impressed with the Orlando magic. They, to me, this, this team looked very, um, they looked very young and they have on this entire road trip, but they, they they also look incredibly talented. And yes. Palo Banquero tonight, the talent just shined.
0: It was exactly what I was going to say. I mean, they're, they're almost like so talented that they win in spite of themselves. Sometimes, yeah. uh, Palo bancaro to the line 15 times tonight, that is huge yeah. for his game. It's not like he wasn't getting to the line before, but th- those are crazy numbers. I like some of the contributions they're getting from the the role players, Jonathan Isaac and Anthony Black, I thought were really positive for them tonight too. Um, Anthony Black,
1: very, it's fun seeing him. My first time watching him play. So that was, that. you know, in, in 16 minutes tonight, a lot of that in the second half. So that was
0: interesting. Um, Let's move on to what teams are in the most trouble two weeks into the Uh-oh. season. We're going to count down the top five after this. Today's episode of Locked on NBA is brought to you by FanDuel. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 Moneyline bet. That's $150 if your team wins. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is so easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. I was looking at the spreads, again, for this play tournament. Um, Pacers? plus three and a half points versus Cleveland to get Indiana at home. I've not been super impressed with what I've seen from the from the Cavs this year.
1: I think the Pacers can run them off the floor, and they're getting three and a half points well, at home? They, they better run them off the floor. I don't know if Pacers are winning too many defensive battles this year. <laughs> That's
0: not their style. Um, maybe take the over on the point totals here, too. Uh, visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and kick off the NBA season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL and the NBA. Thanks for making Locked On NBA your first listen every day. It's Friday, which means it's time to count down to the
1: weekend. What do you have for us today, Adam? Counting down five teams that are in trouble. Mm. It's only one week. We're only five games into the season, Wes, but there are some teams out there that are in trouble already.
0: What do you think for the uh, sound effect on this one? Should we go sad trombone or scary Halloween sound? Oh,
1: scary, definitely. Scary Halloween. What do we go? Let Let me hear it. Let me try it again. Teams in trouble. There it is. Oh, no. I like it. I like it, too, actually. That works very well. All right. Five teams in the league that are in trouble. I don't know if you've been following closely on the press conferences out west, but James Harden has just been traded to the L.A. Clippers. and (laughs) You already go. You don't even need to hear anything else. You've heard enough. Shut it They're down. trouble <laughs> They're in trouble. Now this is a team that features a lot of superstars, a lot of egos, a lot of guys. James Harden, as he met the press today, let them know, "I am not a system player. I am the system." <laughs> now you wondered, like, okay, you go to Philadelphia, you've been in Brooklyn, you've been around a couple places. Right now the iron is not hot for you know for for James Harden. He's not a hot commodity around the NBA. And I think he's a very good player. Don't get me wrong. I'm not going so far on this. I think James Harden has actually become massively underrated as a player. But you, the man. reason he's massively underrated is because he can't stop saying, feeling and doing things like this. And to go into a situation where you have two-time NBA champion Kawhi Leonard, you've got Paul George, you've got MVP, former MVP, Russell Westbrook, and a host of other talented players. And to start off with that one, I don't care context. I don't care any of this stuff. That's an insane quote to have. An insane quote to have going into that situation.
0: It's. I'm not a businessman. I'm a businessman. And that's like his version of it. And it's it, it, it you just roll your eyes at it because first of all it's not an insanely original thought and it's <laughs> I'm not even sure what it exactly means and, and it means the Clippers are in trouble <laughs> press conference too and I'm like and I'm like no I mean he didn't like mean this in this way right like hmm. surely he, there enough. was something around this that makes this make some sort of sense and I listened to the whole the whole thing his whole answer And I'm like nope this actually makes <laughs> less sense now somehow so uh are the Clippers in trouble who knows I have actually <laughs> they have no
1: idea I think they're in trouble I think they're in trouble we'll find out though um number four the Milwaukee Bucks Ooh. Now, Milwaukee Bucks you might say this is a little early to to sound the alarm they're only two and two I think that's mostly fair but Watching them play, and it's early. We knew there's always growing pains. Everybody always goes into a sea like a trade happens. Like "Ah, that's a perfect fit. They're going to be great right from the gate. There's no, you know, it's almost never the case. But let's go a little bit deeper into the numbers, shall we? Mm -hmm. How has Milwaukee in years past have they been a great defensive team, offensive team? You, You know, you trade uh Drew Holiday away, and you think, yeah, but that's okay. We still have all of these great defensive pieces. They currently. Only rival and barely rival the Indiana Pacers, aforementioned. The team that gave up 158 points earlier this week. They're only 0.3 points better per 100 possessions than that team defensively. And you get a new coach. Coaching, in my opinion, is a lot about the defense. That's where you really see a coach's impact. And I look at that and I go, a rookie coach with some win-down veteran pieces – that has been traditionally a very good defensive team, and here they are looking like the Washington Generals. I think that spells trouble.
0: And a lot of the bandwidth right now is exactly what you were talking about before. It's, okay, let's figure out this Giannis, Damian Lillard, two-man game. That's an offensive concern, right? And so a new coach only has so much, especially a new coach, only has so much bandwidth. So to deal with all this stuff defensively, you would like to do almost like what Steve Kerr did when he took over the Warriors and he had to just fix the offense around Steph and clay in that group. But Mark Jackson had laid the groundwork of that, uh, of their defense, the defensive principles. The difference is that you're probably your most important defender. Drew holiday is gone. Right. And right. so you kind of have to, you know, revamp all your defensive principles now. And I don't, I, I just, it's, that's just a hard thing for a new coach to do. I'm with you. Not like totally sounding the alarms now, but it's something that they have to deal with because it's not going to fix itself mm-hmm. either.
1: But let's also just mention that you know Terry, Terry Stotts was brought in to really help be a, a veteran coach alongside a rookie coach and leaves before mm. the season even begins. Like that's not a good sign, Wes. And then you have this. I, I I'm just saying I'm again in trouble. They're not cooked. They're just in trouble. So it's, it's 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 there's some weird alarms going off. Um, number three, near and dear to your heart, Boy, the Miami yeah. Heat. They're only number three. <laughs> only number. <laughs> we sounding the alarms Florida. here in
0: South Florida, man. They, like, they're just, they're just really going off. Yeah. It's just hurricane flags are up. It's, it's, oh, uh, no.
1: Oh, no. It's, um, well, tell me about them then. This is your wheelhouse. Here, uh, okay. I kind of want to okay.
0: hear what you had to say about them.
1: Oh, you're throwing it back to me. Uh, um, yeah, well, here's, here it is. They're one and four. Wes, that's, that's not what, good. Yeah. That's not great. There's only one okay. team
0: with a worst record. That's Memphis, and they haven't won a game. So, yeah. um, Look, here the problem with Miami, and you could say, Okay, well, Bam missed a game, Jimmy Butler missed a game. They haven't had Caleb Martin, who was amazing for them in the conference finals and all these things. And my I keep going back to this. They stunk in the regular season last year, they stink <laughs> in the regular season so far this year. And I can't and, and you if you wanna if and I you know a lot of Heat fans are like, Well, look what they did in the the, the playoffs last year. I'm like, Great, it's the regular season right now, and this team and yeah. you can't just bank on being four games under five hundred. Yeah. And, and sneaking your way into the playing tournament and then having another, the, literally the most miraculous run to the finals that the league has ever seen. I don't think that that's necessarily a, a strategy. So, um, and the other part too is that their three point shooting last year was the reason why their offense wasn't uh, at a high watermark. Their three point shooting rate actually this year is top 10. There's a whole other mm. slew of issues going on with this team right now. And defensively, they haven't been good. Right. And so their point of attack defense is bad they're they're a little bit older and quite frankly this is not the roster that they even wanted to have going into this year and now they have to sort of deal with it so i'm i, I think they're in a lot of trouble and i thought they were in trouble before the season started but
1: i think even more now you look at their schedule in the next like three weeks they've got washington they've got memphis they've got san antonio maybe that's a tough one now you got charlotte you got two games at chicago excuse me at chicago so you have some very winnable games to kind of um you know right the ship here but nonetheless, one and four. They had a winnable there.
0: game against Brooklyn and they blew a 25 point lead. Well, that's that's not that's or not 19 a great time. point lead or what a 16 point lead, something like that. It was a 16 point lead. Not great. Number
1: um, two. Are you ready for number two? I am. The Memphis Grizzlies. The 0 and 5 Memphis Grizzlies. Um, all right. You make a big, you know, John Morant's out. You make a big trade to bring Marcus Smart in. How's that going to go? Not great. Not great. 0-5, the only winless team here. And some of these games have not been too competitive. And by the way, some of these are bad. At Utah? Utah looks atrocious. And that game, by the way, not close. The blowout variety, 133-109. to This is the only, of all the teams that we've done, it's too early to say, to really sound the alarms on any of these teams. Like, Milwaukee, we're leaning into it a bit. There's some bad signs. But, like, it's early. Even for a rookie coach, like, it's early. This is the one team where I'm like, no, it's for real. They're in trouble. 0-5 is hard to climb out of in a very yes. competitive West, and they have had some easy games on their schedule that they have – Washington, Utah, that they have not taken advantage of. So I look at this and I go, I don't know if this team is good.
0: Um, You could make the argument that they've already eliminated themselves from the playoffs. 0-5 in the loaded Western Conference is going to be, like you said, really hard to come back from. I'm it's not going to go so far as to say I, that they're eliminated. Yeah playoffs but like that's that's why they were in so much trouble um I also think that the whole oh they could survive without John Morant thing was a little overstated last year they were only like 11 and 10 without John Morant last year it was two years ago where they were just still like bananas good and that was like a lot of noise in those numbers like opponent three-point shooting and all that kind of stuff like they had a good run but I also don't love the Marcus Smart addition for them like when he's just doing Marcus Smart things on a bad team it's not great you know, it's one thing when you're doing it on the Celtics and you're sort of bracketed by the Jays. And all this stuff. But a great uh, point. It, it's 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 you know now it's kind of a problem I for thought,
1: them. But yeah, I thought Dylan Brooks was the problem out there. I, I must have got something wrong. Maybe I'm misreading. They're like,
0: what? Let's get rid of Dylan Brooks. But what's the closest thing to Dylan Brooks in the league <laughs> that we can reacquire? Got yeah. it. Let's just do that. So uh, here's their one.
1: schedule coming. Here we'll hold up. Here's their schedule coming up. At Portland. At Portland. Miami at home. Utah at home. Those are four winnable games. Now, Miami loses that game, Adam. (laughs) You might not ever see me on the Locked
0: On Podcast Network again.
1: (laughs) Those four games though, are are winnable. You don't expect even with four winnable games, no team in the NBA. You expect them to, you know, you're let's say three and one, two and two. You got to go two and two at least in that stretch. But if you go three and one, okay, you can salvage some of this and try to get some momentum before you go back out on the road. But if you don't. I might, well, we might so they just beat Portland
0: is Portland Portland Miami and then the other one? So
1: at, beat Portland, Portland, Portland. at Portland, Miami, right. Utah.
0: Memphis, go take care of business in Portland and then and then have and a then little bit of a disappointment and then rest
1: take the <laughs> off against go. Miami. Don't so embarrass us here. All right, but they said they are number two though at 0 and five, West. They are not number one number because one number one is the entire NBA. West had a little drum snare. That was drum snare. The entire. It was actually good comedic control. timing, but I also hit the wrong button. So. There you go. There you go. There you go. <laughs> um, was Was anybody watching? Did this 7'4, 21 year old. I actually, is he 20? Is he 19? What is Wemby? I don't 19. even know. This 19, 7'4, 19 year old just dropped 38 points on Kevin Durant and the Suns. Is. I think the league might be in trouble here, Wes. Maybe not now. Maybe not this April. Maybe not this June. But at some point, this guy is... Uh, somebody put on my timeline. He looks like the Pokemon evolution in real time. Like We're five games <laughs> in. He's, he's already a Charizard. I get that
0: right. He's a Charizard going three of six from three-point range. It's crazy. Just flamethrowers everywhere with this guy. I... Uh, I agree with you. I think the league is in the trouble. And if you trouble. have any, if you want to win any championships, do them now.
1: Just, just get them out of the, just get it down. Like, I, I have a question. Can he dunk from the foul line? I, I think I, cause today he had a dunk from like two, we'll say two steps in front, him, but through traffic and two handed. And by the way, he almost hit his head on the rim. And I was sitting here thinking he could probably easily dunk from the foul line based solely on his leg and arm extension. Oh,
0: easily. He might not even have to jump. He's
1: <laughs> I mean, it's,
0: are we going to see him? We we probably won't ever see him in the dunk contest.
1: I mean, the, it, as as I out. will say when he did that tonight, it made me wonder, like, I wonder what he looks like trying different types of dunks, you know, like just different it's types too of things.
0: long to do like the, the crazy, like between the, li- like, there's gotta be a limit to what this guy can do. Maybe it's the dunk contest. I don't know. Or maybe he'll yeah. evolve into a super Charizard and you know, Oh man, a thing. super Charizard just making him up now. <laughs> yeah. <okay. laughs> Thanks for making Locked On NBA your first listen every day. Every day is make sure you're subscribed on YouTube, Odyssey, and wherever you get your podcasts. The show is going to be back on Monday with the biggest stories from the NBA weekend. Until next Friday, you can find me over on Locked On Heat and Adam is over at Locked On Nuggets. For now, have a great weekend.
1: <laughs> <laughs> All the wrong buttons today. All the wrong buttons.